This is All Eyes on Me podcast. I am Divinity, your host, and today we are interviewing a very special person, a very talented person, Eli. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I remember when I was going through the thick of rising this podcast, and I was like this close to just ending it all, and Eli was at um, my partner's house, and he was just like, it's all part of the process. It's fine. You're going to be good. Let's just have me on it. And like, if it goes to shit, it goes to shit. Yeah, we can, we can fail a few times, but we haven't even had to. No, no. And this is your first time and it's going to flow and it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm glad I could make it. Yeah, me too. It's an honor to have you truly. I think you are such an incredible artist. It's good to be back in it again. I kind of took a little break from making music for myself and, um, because I write for a lot of, a lot of other artists as well. Mm. Um, it's called ghostwriting. Yeah, that's that's one of the terms for it. Yeah, just do we say that? In I the think I think people still say that once okay. in a while. I, I I don't really consider myself a ghostwriter because a lot of times I will write with the artists in the room, so I'll like help them bring their vision to life. Wow, which I love to be a part of that process just as much as writing for myself. But it is a different way of working in a different way of creating so mm. how long did you take off to do work for other artists i don't think i've made music for american teeth which is my artist project i don't think i've made music for american teeth in i really kicked back into action like at the beginning of the year so like in january and before that i probably hadn't worked on anything in almost a year wow i might i might be wrong about that timeline but like my gut says almost a year. So definitely like was not working on stuff last summer. Um, I think maybe I had a few sessions here or there, but like I hadn't really locked into like what I wanted to talk about. Wow. Until January. Was there another year. reason that you took that break? Or was um, it just because you were busy with writing? I think it was a combination of being busy um, and excited about working on other stuff. But I also, yeah, I think I wasn't super clear on what I wanted to do next after the last album I put out. Mm. Um, and yeah, over time, I just started kind of being like, oh, like, I want to tell my story a little more, get a little more deep into like, mm -hmm. bringing people into my actual life and like, kind of my life story and kind of really more storytelling. And like, the first project was more like, found like a sonic world and a, and a vibe and like just created a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. within that and like had a lot of fun doing that but this next era or chapter or is going to be an ep i think um is going to be this next project is really about like telling my story and mm. um yeah just processing a lot of the stuff from my childhood and uh kind of having a deeper look into like who I am and that's interesting that you haven't done that yet because normally that's what artists do when they first come out with an album is they want to tell the story of heartbreak or the story of their childhood and mm -hmm. you didn't do that yet well I've told little bits and pieces of my story in different ways like from song to song mm. but um it was more yeah it was more like fragmented and more like here's a story about a breakup I had here's a story about mm. um you know, something I was going through, uh, depression, um, kind of different moments, like highlights. Mm. But this is a bit more focused in like parts of my life that I feel shaped me and mm. um, 
some struggles I went through. And my hope is that being really specific about what that stuff was Mm -hmm. can be helpful to other people who are going through that because it's stuff like uh, dealing with the loss of a parent, the loss, a lot of people have lost people um, that they love. And, and I think dealing with grief in the short term, in the long term, um, and what that looks like. And then for myself, it's like, kind of like, it's been like therapeutic to like, go back and watch old like VHS videos of myself as a child Mm. um, with my dad who passed when I was uh, 12. Wow, I'm so sorry. So that that's been, you know, something that I've kind of like, it's always been there. And I've talked about it a little bit. But to kind of really dig into that and like look at that instead of like just focusing on I was feeling depressed I was all these things like all right what was the root cause of that so now I'm starting to like go a little deeper so it's like the next level of depth I think for me wow what uh what album is this is this number three how many have you released this is your second album yeah so your first album was just bits and pieces fun Music, more fun? Up, up yeah, a bit, a bit more fun. This stuff is a little, is a little heavier and a little more raw. I feel like I always like to still find moments of like, um, whether it's like kind of a cele- celebratory feeling of like having like unlocked that next thing. Like a lot of, at least this first song, like I'm talking about some pretty heavy stuff. And then by the end of the song, it's still like emotional, but it, the like feeling of it gets a little bit more like celebratory. So it's not mm. so dark kind of even by the end of the first song. It's kind of showing the rise. You're yeah. showing that you were there and it's honest, but you can come out of it and it's mm-hmm. inspirational to people. Wow. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in South Portland, Maine. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So this Damn is a year. big <laughs> switch for you being in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I've been out here for about seven years and um, I love it out here. I love being in the sun. Yeah, because Maine has all the seasons. Yeah, right? which yeah. I do miss sometimes. But now everything's kind of weird and wonky with like the weather. Yeah. I feel Global like global warming's kind it's of kind of fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but I have like a morning ritual, mm-hmm. a morning routine, and part of that is like getting outside a good amount of the days of the week and like going on a hike. That's mm-hmm. like readily available around here. Um, I don't have to worry about like waking up and there's two feet of snow on the ground and I'm yeah. stuck inside. And if I want that like cozy vibe, I can go to Big Bear or something. It's so yeah. I I like that about LA and the puppy wants to say hi to hi, you, Boba. Eli. <laughs> Boba is you guys, so cute. I have my puppy in here with us and she is so fucking cute. She's been sleeping this whole time and now she just decided to wake up and say hi to Eli. She just wanted to come say hello. Do you attract animals? I do. You know, there's those people that naturally like gravitate towards animals and then animals gravitate towards them. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're one of those people. I believe I am because the la- I just got my hair cut last week and I sat down and the studio dog just like ran over and just sat between my legs wow. and just was like, I'm here. You're mine. I'm here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's not moving. She's underneath no. your feet. No, she's so cute. She's been sleeping this whole time. You have magic in you. <laughs> <laughs> They always say that people that um, attract animals are natural angels on earth. Like you have angel energy. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. That's yeah. that's a huge compliment. You should look into it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you have angel energy. Like Thank you're supposed you. to be an, an angel. Bubba is now a star. Hello. Say hello. Hi, Bubba. Um, okay, so you grew up in Maine, and you grew up with siblings? Yeah, I have one younger sister. She's two years younger than me. Um, and yeah, it was uh, me, my mom, and my sister for most of my life after my dad passed. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, Maine was a great place to grow up. Um, it was a small town, like a small coastal town. Mm. Um, but at the time it's like, I wanted to like be in a city. I wanted to get out of like a small town kind of thing. But looking back, it's like, I'm really grateful to have grown up in like a safe, um, you know, really beautiful place. And I think it also like, I've always been super connected to nature and I grew up with like the woods around my house and could go to the ocean and um, go hiking like it's always that has always been like a big uh, mm. part of my life and uh, I'm grateful for that too there's the angel energy coming out <laughs> telling you you're one with nature man you gotta I'm look like into this forest pixie or something yeah you definitely have a, you have a very calming presence you you are very I feel like being around you I feel very safe mm. I mean that it's very cool to meet people like you because I think there's a lot of people these days that give off this demonic energy i don't know the mm. world got weird man but yeah you're one of the ones that i'm like okay if eli's in the room i feel safe we're good. good well i'm <laughs> yeah. so happy to hear that yeah um did you uh get into music because your mom or because of your dad? yeah yeah i did she started me and my sister on the classical violin when we were really young so i started playing violin when i was like two and a half years old um and um, got into like the Suzuki classical method and was like in it for like 15 years. Wow. Um, she didn't do classical violin, but she was really into like Scottish and Irish music. So she used to drive my sister and I down to Boston because it was only about an hour away, hour and a half away. And on Sunday nights, we would go and like play Scottish fiddle music and like with all of these, like, you know, from like, my age to like 80 year old Mm -hmm. like people from Nova Scotia who were like trained in or just grew up in Scotland and were just like crazy fiddlers Mm -hmm. so I had so she was like really into that and she was always really musical she also like was super into um, like African drumming so she would bring us into Portland and we would like do go to like drum circles and like play yeah so I was just like always playing music and around music and I think that was important to her and she always said like especially when my dad was sick like she would try to like get us around music as a way of kind of healing Mm. um like when my dad was in treatment in Boston um he was in the hospital getting chemotherapy and we would have to stay at like kind of Ronald McDonald type homes like where people would offer up their homes or you would stay in like a community living place like because at the time I don't we couldn't really afford to like stay at hotels that whole time because it'd just be like yeah, months a at a time right and but she I remember she would like to get us out of the hospital because we spent so much time at the hospital like just basically living in the hospital and uh she would take us out to like go see concerts and things like that to like give us some wow. some life so that was always that's kind beautiful. of like, yeah, yeah. And it's that's really, really cool that she did that. And I think that also 
I escape into music a lot. So there's, it's, it depends how you look at it. It's like a way of healing, but I don't, I don't want to say like, I'm like running from everything by using music, but there's definitely like a sense of, you know, alternate reality when I get into like making music or being around music and stuff like that. So I think that has like carried through even up to today. I mean, that's, I'm, I've been there. That's something that I do too. I went through some devastation in the beginning of my twenties and I was like on a note on my phone, I put one alcohol, two drugs, three music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I literally like, I stared at it and I was like, Hmm, one of these three things are going to be my vices, and I've already done the first two before, mm -hmm. and those did not work very well. So I'm going to just throw myself into a million concerts and see if that'll work. Yeah. So I went to like, I don't know, like 47 concerts that year. Wow. And I was I was obsessed. Like, it was very addictive, but mm -hmm. at least it was music. Yeah, and then much I also, more sustainable. Yeah, and I also realized that uh, I had an affinity for music then, too. Like, I just, I loved being in the culture. And that's a big reason why I started All Eyes on Me was to host you guys because yeah. it's such a beautiful, complex world because it's like you love the music and then you hear interviews like this and you're like, holy shit, I love the song even more now that I know the story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a community around music in general um, with the people who go to the shows, um, the artist community, um, and then everyone around the people who make music, the mm -hmm. other creatives. And um, it's, yeah, I think it's it's such a connector and it's like it's such a universal connector. Yeah. Um, music is its own language, which I think is the sickest thing ever, you know, like mm -hmm. it's it's worldwide. Yeah, you can have nothing in common with somebody seemingly and then you find out they like the same bands as you do and you're like, oh, yep. you also are into punk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did your, uh, did your mom kind of push you to go into music for a living or was she kind of open to you becoming anything you wanted to be? She was always pretty open. Like she was definitely always supportive, definitely not pushy or anything. Yeah. Um, at first I wanted to like get into photography and I did like in high school, I like learned how to like develop film in a lab and things like that. And I was super into like my film class. Yeah. yeah music has always been wonderful. My mom, yeah, she's always been um supportive but never pushy and like I was like oh I want to do maybe I'll be a photographer and all these things and then it was just like I love making music I don't know you know yeah why I would do anything else and did she do music too yeah um so she played Scottish fiddle um and she but she yeah and drums and stuff so she was always very musical she sang a little bit too um my dad wasn't really musical but he would write poetry a lot yeah. So it's like I got the perfect combo. I got music. I got poetry. Wow. Songwriting right there. The perfect formula. That's crazy. That's, that's literally like you in a human. Mm -hmm. And parent. they were both psychologists, which is wow. crazy. But also part of my job when I write with other artists is to like be psychologists. Like I'm, I'm, you have to be able to like dig deep with somebody who you just met that day. Wow. Often. So that's another skill I think I just innately have because I was around that or just, it's just in my blood. Mm -hmm. Do you look back on your childhood and you, you wonder, you know, how things would have gone down different if your dad had been a lifestyle? Like, would, do you think you'd still be doing music? Do you think you would have moved to LA? Mm. Or do you think there was a catalyst there to moving to LA? Because I know for me, when I have been through trauma 
it kind of switched gears for me and it almost put a fire under my ass to fire to sorry i can't talk right now because it's like heavy subject but it's almost like when you when you go through trauma you've got these big dreams that seem like they're a little bit out of reach but then that trauma kind of pushes you to just do it because you realize that life is short so Mm. do you feel like your dad passing away kind of led you to moving to la and pursuing music more maybe indirectly i Mm. think that having had the loss of my dad and then both my grandparents right after and my aunt like a lot of death in life i think at a young age just created like this mentality of like i need to like fully live my life and make the best of this and shit is not that serious most of the time when i think it is and like i have to remind myself of that and like waking up with gratitude when I don't want to, you know. Totally feel that. (laughs) Things like that. It's like, well, I'm here. So this new album that's dropping, so the inspiration is is your dad primarily? Yeah, that's where I'm starting. So what's interesting is I'm still in the process of making it, but I'm already Mm -hmm. dropping stuff, which is like epic. not usually how I do it and not usually how it's done, I don't think. So because it is like about the process of making it, I feel like it makes sense for this project specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so far it has been connected to my dad. The first one is, is um, called hospital and it, um, yeah, it's talking about the hospital is kind of the central point, but like my relationship with the hospital has to do with Mm -hmm. losing my dad um, being in the ICU and, and watching him go. But then like a few years later, I had open heart surgery. Um, wow. You did? Ar- yeah, I have an artificial heart valve that like ticks like a clock. What? Yeah. Some of my some of my uh, fans know this because I've talked about it in songs and I've talked about it before just online and stuff. But yeah, I had an open heart surgery when I was 15. Um, and that was at the same hospital that he died in and in the same ICU... Um, so I woke up from the surgery, like literally two rooms down from where he passed Wow! and was like all like on morphine and just like my mom, once I like came to was like, you just been like talking to your dad. Like I was just like all drugged out, just like talking to him as if he was right there. Wow. Um, and then I realized like I could like see the room that he passed in from like where I woke up, which was Holy crazy. Shit. That is crazy. Yeah. So I could. I talk about that in the song, both both things in the song. And um, yeah, just I've always, it's, the hospital was home. It was also like, just like a devastating place for me, but it was also just so familiar all the time. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny because like, I don't really like hospitals anymore. My sister is now like a nurse, a pediatric nurse and like works <laughs> wow. at a children's hospital and is there all the time. So like we went opposite directions with our relationships with hospital. Wow. So, yeah, it's... Do you think that she became a pediatric nurse to kind of heal as well? I think so. I think that had something to do with it. Um, I don't know 100% if that's the reason, but I I could see how that could correlate, you know. It's interesting for sure. She's a caretaker. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So um, were you kind of your dad's caretaker when you were young or were you too young for that? Yeah, I wasn't really. Um, My mom took on a majority of that. Uh, role in that weight mm-hmm. um, but we were pretty young me and my sister were pretty young so I think I was just trying to like live a normal life and I think my, it was important to my mom and my dad that like we were 
able to like still have as much of a normal life as you could. Yeah. Um, that had to be a lot for your mom. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How is she now? She's doing well. She's got us. She's got a camper van and a dog. Love so her. She's, what a badass. She, yeah, she's a badass. She's living her life, um, you know, fully and doing her thing. And she's yeah. she got she got through a lot. So I feel like seeing like her since I've been alive, like her life path, like where she's gotten now is like really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. So but it was also amazing to like see her strength throughout the years in that and like learn that yeah. you can really do anything on your own you know what I mean and like the power of one person is really incredible was it hard when you were in high school like not having a dad at your graduation and then just everything I mean all these like landmark moments that our parents show up at yeah I think so um I was definitely like pretty fucked off because like me and my friend would just we like got super drunk the night before and woke up all hungover and like I know that like that's what like high schoolers do and stuff like that but we were definitely like you were coping i was definitely coping (laughs) to the highest degree just like i don't know if i'm it was definitely like conscious and subconscious but like looking back i'm like oh yeah that's like i was like not you were you weren't okay excited (laughs) you were not a normal teenager (laughs) yeah just partying Mm -hmm. did you uh did you write music during that point of your life i did yeah yeah are you releasing any of the songs on your ep from when I was a teen? Yeah, why not? No. Redo them. <laughs> they're so bad. <laughs> they're so bad. They're, they're like not terrible, but they're pretty bad. Yeah. Like they could have been worse, but like I've worked with like 15 year old kids now and I'm like, yo, you're so much better than I was right. when I was 15. How did you come so into the LA scene? Like what, what was the catalyst that finally led you here? What was um, the moment? How old were you? I was 26. Okay. So you waited a little bit. Yeah, I lived in Chicago after after Maine. Oh. I was in Chicago. I went to school in Chicago. Um, what did you go to school for? Music, music business. Of course you did. Because I was originally I was going to like as a music student, and I was like taking like all of the like music classes, and I was like, but I was also like putting all of these videos and on YouTube and like setting up my own shows and like. Mm. Because before American Teeth, I was just going by Elijah Knoll. That was my artist, just my own project. And that was like, I was producing my own stuff. I was also collaborating with, there were a couple of people I would collaborate out with out there um, as well. And they, I learned production from my friends out there and all of that. Um, but yeah, I can't, so I, I went to Chicago. I was there. And then I basically like got to a point where I was like, I know that Chicago has been great as like a way to like foster my growth, but I need to like go to the next level. And mm-hmm. I started taking trips to LA. I met my manager at South by Southwest. Just like there, it's a whole story. Um, but basically I got connected with my manager. I played him like a mixtape that I had produced myself and was like, wow. and he was like, Oh, this is sick. Like I'm going to, I want to help you release this properly. And he started setting up sessions for me in LA Mm -hmm. Um, and I started like collaborating for other artists with other artists for the first time when I started coming out here and I was like, Oh, I like this too. Like I love doing my own thing, but I also like helping other people totally see their visions through. There's something so beautiful about being able to collaborate Mm -hmm. with other people because especially if you're no competition vibe, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, 
it's something that I love about the artist community, the true artist community. I feel like you're one of them. But when I came out here to LA, I was like, okay, I've got to find my people because there's a lot of people out here that are just out here to do their own shit. Sure. And then there's people like us where it's like when I create, I want it to embody other people. I want it to promote other people, support other people. Like I don't want things to just be about me because I feel like mm. that's not even legendary in my eyes. Like mm-hmm. If your life is just about you. Yeah. It's lucid. Yeah. I think you can, you can run your own shit, but also like support other people and lift other people up too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of as I get more flexibility and more success as a songwriter, um, you know, finding other writers who I really believe in and being like, yo, let me get you into this thing and let, let me connect you to this person. And like, I love connecting people. Yeah, so I do I, that too. <laughs> it's so fun to connect people when I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, you would be so sick with this person. And like, you guys would love each other and like, um, would probably make some crazy shit. And like, mm-hmm. I, I love connecting people. So I feel like LA is like, you know, everybody can move differently and everyone has their own ways of doing it. I don't think there's a right or wrong, but mm-hmm. there's just different pathways. And like, yeah, you know. I read this quote about how people are body parts mm-hmm. in your connective tissue interesting yeah like no it's like this whole it's like this whole thing about how um some people play a role like at the head like they're the leaders in the world Mm. there are other people that play like roles that are really important like the heart the brain um and then there's people like us that are like connective tissue like we like to just you know create communities and i don't know shows like i love the thought of eventually taking this podcast and creating like a talent show for everybody that's on it that's cool and just having everybody that's been on my podcast perform in one place yeah like throw an event or yeah. something that'd be cool yeah yeah i mean that's really dope i mean i'm super glad that somebody like you lives out here because la needs more energy like yours likewise likewise <laughs> for real and I, um, I'm really excited to hear this, this EP because when we were in Naz's room and you were mm-hmm. editing that video about your dad, it like really choked me up because mm. it's very relatable, like your story and just seeing even the baby videos of you with your dad is, it's definitely going to change the world for sure. Like I feel it. <laughs> I hope so. I hope, it, I hope it reaches as many people as possible. You yeah. know, what's your biggest thing that you remember about your dad that kind of drives you today as an artist? Mm. He was uh, he was always very sociable. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he was like and and like also like really helpful to and caring to people around him who he saw. Like even just like I feel like he would talk to like my friends' dads who like would normally not talk about their feelings. He's a psychologist, but like he was always like he'd be at the party with like all the parents and he would just be like on some deep shit with like one of the dads who would like never talk about mm-hmm. like their feelings or something like that. And then they would just be like off on the side, just like not talking about sports. Well, like talking about sports, but then also talking about like some trauma or like their right. marriage or something like that. And he, I think like when after he passed, when people would like get up and talk about like kind of his magic, I feel like he was just really so supportive and like really kind of like said like fuck the like man to man bullshit like Mm. let's talk about some real shit and like especially for like his generation that like wasn't Mm -hmm. like normal you know he was in touch with his vulnerability very much in touch which is feminine very much you know yeah that was another message that i would always get from him is just like being in touch with your femininity yeah 
So. Well, and then I guess when he died, I mean, then it was just you and your mom and your sister. Yeah, so I was kind of always surrounded to... by women for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love a good mama's boy. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not mad at it. Yeah. You know? No, it's it's actually, it's like so sad because society these days is finally starting to embrace the metro men, the men that are in touch with their feelings and mm. allowing men to cry and feel. But um, it's like so fucked that it took us so long to get there. You know, it's just like, dude, it's 2023 and we're just now starting to embrace, embrace men that cry. Like that's yeah, kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. It's important to obviously touch mm-hmm. like on emotions and like not hide that shit. Cause like, that's something I've, I'm still working on. It's like, yeah, I have a hard, it like takes a lot for me to really like, to honestly, to really cry. And like, when I do, I'm always like, damn, why can't I cry more? It feels so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I, it's just this thing of like, this like defense mechanism of like, I'm fine. I can handle it. I'll be good. Uh, yeah. And it's not even about being a man necessarily. I don't think for me, it's more just about like, like I'm strong. I can do this, mm-hmm. you know? Do you feel like you had to take the role of your dad a little bit because you were the man of the house? I mean, I think that played into it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and just like that had to be hard for you at twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do that at twelve? Yeah, just be like, oh, everything's Fuck. fine. Like, we'll be good. I'll mow the lawn every week. You know, like yeah. that type of stuff is definitely like I was. I was never really that. I don't think I was aware of it, mm-hmm. um, but definitely was a a thing. <laughs> you yeah. know. How were you in your early twenties when you were figuring it out? Just kind of steamrolling through life, but. Always, I feel like I've always had a good head on my shoulders, so I never like fucked up too bad. But I was just, I definitely like just kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like my twenties, just a lot of learning, a lot of just like making mistakes, failing, Mm -hmm. being like, oh, okay, that was not, that was the wrong way. Let me try this way. Yeah. Oh, that was the wrong way too. Let me try this way. Yeah. So when you got to LA, do you feel like you had your ass kicked a little bit when you got out here because it wasn't Maine? Kind of, but I came, I was I came from Chicago, so I feel like Chicago like got me like prepped, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, Chicago's kind of rough. Yeah, it's a little. It's just like more fast paced and stuff like that. So, but like I feel like I thrive in those environments mm-hmm. because I like the energy, the like kind of high speed. Because I feel like I am a pretty like calm energy, mm-hmm. um, and like then also randomly I'll just like. Like Gemini kind of shit. Are you Gemini? Just, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is that? What's that? That's you were doing so good, Eli. Classic, classic <laughs> Gemini hater. I mean, everyone though. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is like iffy about Gemini's. I know. Y'all are crazy. Mm, we get mm. a bad rep. Oh, you do. That's what all Gemini say. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I have so many Gemini's in my life. Of course you do. Because you is guys that, get yeah. each other. Yeah, you, you get each other's other. crazy. Yeah. What's your sign? Guess. You've got Leo. two guesses. Nice. Really? Do I give off Leo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed it first try. <laughs> oh my God. That makes me so happy because I'm turning 30 this summer. Let's go. And I'm doing like this whole Leo photo shoot where I'm like renting out a palace. <laughs> Classic, classic. Leo I was like, vibe. duh. How, and I was showing Naz, like, look, I'm gonna do a photo shoot where I'm like in a ball gown in a palace. And Naz was like, oh, okay, just casually like living your life. Very, very star of the show. Yeah, all eyes on me, bitch. Liter- literally. <laughs> what was your dad? 
I don't know. I think I looked it up a while ago, but I can't remember, to be honest. What's your mom? She's a Scorpio. Oh, wow. That was an mm. intense household. <laughs> Scorpio raising a Gemini? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Did you and your mom fight ever? Not really. No? No. You were both like super confident in your powers. We kind of did our own thing yeah. or something. I love that. Yeah. Are you close to your sister? Yeah. 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 I'm much closer to her now than I used to be. I think we had like a period of time where we kind of like, I didn't know how to be a brother kind mm -hmm. of thing. But yeah, I feel like every year I'm like learning how to do that better. Yeah. So. How did you get involved with writing for other artists? What was your first artist mm. that you ever wrote for? The first artist I ever wrote for was, I think it was either Dreamers, um, who now I've written for them a bunch. Mm -hmm. It was potentially them. It might have been this band Glades from Australia um, that my friend Colin Deedon brought me into. Like it was like one of the first sessions I did. I think that was like they were like the first like major label artist that I like worked with mm -hmm. or band that I worked with. Um, but my first and then yeah, I guess they were my first like song that came out as well. And then the second one was Tom DeLonge and Elenium. Wow. I sick. love Elenium. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love Elenium. I saw That's him it. perform at Red Rocks he's a few dope. years ago. Yeah. What's he like in person? He's a wonderful guy. He seems really down to earth chill. and chill. Yeah. He's just like that. Yeah. He's great. Fucking love that. That's yeah. why I love the DJ community too. I feel like the DJ community is very much so like real. Yeah. Real what people. songs have you written with Elenium? Um, well, it was, what was it called? Uh, Paper Thin was the first one. And then uh, the one that just came out featuring me. You're singing in it? Yeah, Insanity. Epic. Yeah, it just came out on his record that he just dropped. Oh, I'm going to go home and listen to that tonight. Yeah, that's a so, fun uh, one. So what's your big dream? Like, who who do you want to write with? Um, I want to write with Chris Martin. Okay. Shout out to Chris Martin. Write with Eli, please. Write with me. <laughs> Pharrell. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I would also love to... I also want to work with Rick Rubin. Okay. Producer. Love that. What um, is your big purpose with this EP? Like, what what do you hope for? Do you want to go on tour with it? Or I want to go on tour. You want to go on tour? When the timing is right. Okay. Um, Have you been on tour yet? Yeah, I went on tour right before the pandemic with Dreamers, who I just mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, it's like West Coast, Midwest... U.S. tour, um, but then I haven't been on tour since. I, I don't think I've even played a sh I played one festival, I think, since the pandemic, and then I haven't played any shows. Wow. But I'm kind of, like, I'm not rushing into playing shows. I want to. I love playing shows, but I'm, like, yeah. when, when the time is right, when I'm ready. Are you like that with everything? Are you all about energy? Like, you just kind of, like, flow? I think I kind of know, like, when I when I'm ready to do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just try to pay attention to, like, when it's right. And I also, like... I love playing music for people and I love like when I went when I was on the road when I'm playing shows and like people come out to see me that know my music mm -hmm. I love to like talk to them and see them and like be able to like meet them in person I love that part of it too so I'm definitely gonna get back to that mm -hmm. um, I just don't have like a hard date on like what when that's gonna be yet but yeah the timing will be perfect when it happens is it going to be hard for you to release this EP, do you think? Or do you think you've made enough peace with the stories that you've written about in this EP? I think that, well, I'm excited to release the stuff that I've written so far. Mm -hmm. 
The scary part is that I haven't finished it yet, but I know that it's going to come together. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like, have a lot of faith that it's going to come together as it should. So yeah. I have like the bones of it. Is it all about your dad and loss? I don't think it will be. Okay. Do you think some of it's about heartbreak? I think that some of it will be about relationships mm. and my and like how I deal with relationships in general and like mm. see kind of how do you deal bit. with relationships, Gemini? Oh, <laughs> I would a, love that's a to long know. Conversation. <laughs> I need to get back in the studio to figure that out. Right. <laughs> to articulate that in the best way possible. Yeah. I've dated five Geminis in a row. Really? Uh-huh. I know you guys very well. Shh. I could write a manual on Gemini at this point. Damn. Yeah. Scary. All of you. Scary. <laughs> All two of you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um do you feel like there's one song in particular that you're the most excited about? I mean, right now it's definitely Hospital. hospital. I also yeah. produced the intro track to the EP, which is going to drop with Hospital. It's called The Waiting Room. Mm. And, uh, Oof, that just gave me chills for some reason. Yeah. Is that an intense song? It's just it's kind of just opens up the chapter and is like, I think it's beautiful. It's like, the way I like to think about it is like, when I was a kid, I was like sitting in waiting rooms a lot. And it's just like this, it's got this kind of like looming energy of like uncertainty um kind of intensity but it's also beautiful and like childlike and like you know it's like kind of floaty kind of dreamy mm-hmm. at the same time so i feel like it's like sets it's got like the the energy of a child just going into the most uncertain like situation mm-hmm. <laughs> being in such an uncertain situation which felt really fitting to open up a project that is i'm very uncertain about mm-hmm. when i'm getting into it cuz i'm like i have no idea what the fuck's gonna come out of this um and just like digging in like that you know Mm -hmm. but it felt like a really good way to open it up so those two tracks are at the top of my hype list right now i haven't heard waiting room yet but i was obsessed with hospital so i I think yeah if you like hospital you'll like the waiting room (laughs) two for one deal yes i love a good cry too so yeah excited do you feel extremely um do you feel extremely connected to your dad still, especially with this with this EP that's coming out? Do you feel like it's given you a second chance at getting to know him in a way? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think the I've even I've been posting little clips of like childhood footage and stuff like that, and just like going through that stuff. Um, I think I made a comment about it at some point, but just like it is, it has been therapeutic. It has been just like really cool to see what my relationship with him looked like at that age because mm-hmm. I had. I have no memory of that. And even like the times that like even the time after that until he died, I like there's so many like I don't remember most of it. So like to be able to see those bits and pieces is like cool to like feel that and to be like, oh, that's what it was like being with him or that's Mm -hmm. like he like really did like he was really there for me, too, which is cool. Yeah. You know, do you feel like he's still around you? Do you believe in spirits? I do. Do you yeah. think he ever left? Do you think he stuck around? Nah, he's always he's always been around. He's with you. I went to a I went to a psychic a medium, and she told me that he is my uh, my soul, like my actual soul, like he my soul brother. So apparently, like through all the lives, he's mm. he's been our souls are brothers. Mm. But in this one, he was my dad. In this life, he was my dad. Right. Which is a very interesting. Was a very interesting. 
thing to think about. I was like, ah. Oh. So he, that's, I think that our souls are very much connected in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think I also just believe that spirits and things are all around us. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of weird parallels in our stories, mm. like a lot. Like my dad and I are inseparable mm. and he is the coolest fucking dude. He's a biker. He's unapologetic. He's very sons of anarchy, but he's got uh, a Jack Nicholson personality. He's sick. got the same mannerisms too as Jack Nicholson. Have you seen, um, what is that movie? It's, it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I haven't seen that one, but I did see oh my you God. post him on your story recently. So I, I saw the vibes. You, you can yeah, see yeah. it. Oh my God. You've got to watch this movie. I just, I actually just saw it again for like the 16th thousandth time the other day because I'm obsessed and it, yeah. it's so my dad, my dad is just like such a smart ass. And, you know, he'll, he offends everyone and he makes everyone laugh. Like yeah. he's just, he's that guy. He's Jack <laughs> yeah. Nicholson, literally. Yeah. And he's Jack Sparrow too. That's funny. And, um, we're, you know, we're best friends. And I remember growing up, like thinking to myself, oh, everyone has a good dad, you know, mm. cause my dad was the best and I didn't have anything else, but you know, these like really pivotal things, um, like there was a lot of my childhood that we didn't have a lot of money, like at all. We didn't have any money. Mm. And, um, you know, there was this one time that we were living out of a hotel and I remember <laughs> looking at my dad and being like, well, at least we got each other kid. And I was only 12. I was literally 12. That's cute. And, uh, it's, it's always been something that like we do together. Like we'll hang out and I'll be like, how are you kid? And I'll call him kid. It's like so cute. That's but funny. He, um, he wasn't supposed to, to have me cause he had a son before me and his son passed away. Oh wow. And his son passed away in the hospital. That was the same hospital that I had major reconstructive surgery in. Wow. And so the day that I arrived at my surgery when I was 25, we walked in and my dad had a literal PTSD moment because he realized that he was on the same floor as the floor that he took his son off of life support. So it's crazy hearing your story because it's like the parallels of like the same hospital. I think that's why mm-hmm. I resonate with your song hospital too, because a hospital to me also is very heavy in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And if my dad hadn't lost his son, um, you know, he would have been married to that woman still. He married the woman that he had gotten pregnant in college. And when my brother passed away, obviously, you know, they got, um, divorced and there was like all this trauma around my brother's death and my dad got blamed. It was a freak accident. It wasn't his fault whatsoever, but wow. you know, it was like so much trauma, so many layers. And I think that, you know, watching him actually have that moment, that PTSD moment right before I'm about to go under, it was just like, wow, like anything, I mean, at any moment, at any moment, somebody can be taken from you. Some life can change like a blink of an eye. Yeah. And he was going off on the surgeon, um, again, in PTSD about, you know, what if, what if she doesn't wake up? This would be the Mm. second kid that I've lost on this floor in this hospital. You know, and wow. the crazy thing is that was a surgery that I chose to do too. So I'm taking a risk and, um, and he didn't, he didn't really understand it. He didn't comprehend it. Like, why would you take this risk and get this surgery when it was cosmetic, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was like, damn, like in that moment, I was like, who knew that a cosmetic surgery would bring this up and have this moment with my dad, you know? So I, I think that your song is going to do that for people. It's mm-hmm. going to make people kind of come together in that way. I bet, you I know, so, yeah. you never thought you and I would have that in I common, know. right? 
it's and it's interesting because as I've opened up that conversation with other people, I just keep hearing more and more stories yeah. about their experiences with that. So to me, that is why I'm doing this, and this is that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and my dad and I, I've done. I'm also medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't do it uh, right now for a living because I feel like I'm still harnessing that that part of me. But I, uh, I started seeing my brother when I was six, and wow. it was a very weird experience. But um, you know, I always tell my dad, you know, we're all connected. This is a fucking matrix. <laughs> like we're all connected. Spirits never leave. And mm. you know, when I go through hard shit in life. Um, especially the moments that I've wanted to unalive myself, I've, you know, seen my brother standing in front of me and he gives me that look like you really want to be on this side. And he's like right in front of me. And I tell my dad, you know, everything it's, it's the weirdest thing to tell you, but everything happens for a reason. I genuinely feel like, you know, your son is like my, my angel now he's like my guardian angel. So, um, I feel, I feel the the energy in here. Your dad is in here and he's very proud of you. Wow. He's very proud of you. He's excited. He's, he's going to be there for everything Mm. and he's going to stand right next to you the whole way. I'm super stoked for this album to drop. Thank you. It's going to be great. It's going to change people. It's going to touch people in a way that you don't even know yet. I hope so. If you were to tell your younger self something that you think maybe somebody that's going through this at 12 years old would want to hear, what, what would you have wanted to hear from your older self if you were 12 again? Well, I think there's the simple life is going to get better. And also you can literally create the life that you want to live. And like, so just go for that. This right now is fleeting. Every, every moment is fleeting. Feel this, move through, and then create the life that you want to live. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Divinity. Yeah. And then uh, where can we find you? What are your handles? Mm. At American Teeth Official on Instagram. What is my Twitter? Don't worry about the Twitter. Fuck Twitter. It's just, just type in American <laughs> Teeth on Google and uh, everything will pop up. Cool. But yeah, at American Teeth Official. And your album drops what date? June. Well, the singles drop on, I believe, June 16th. Okay. To be announced, but right now, June 16th. That's Everybody the rumor. <laughs> And if it changes, you'll know. You'll know. Because <laughs> exactly. you'll be following him on everything. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, you guys. This is Divinity. I am your host of All Eyes on Me podcast. And you can listen to this podcast on all audio platforms. And you can find me at Divinity Ray on Instagram and on TikTok and on YouTube. And if you want to listen to more of these episodes, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button down below. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Eli. So much love. Thank you. Bye, guys. Peace.